Do you ever feel like manifestation is just another thing on your to-do list that you don't have time for? Like your spiritual practice is something that you have to do? Honestly, you're not alone because I felt that way too. Something that's really changed my relationship with manifestation is blending it into my lifestyle so that no matter what I'm doing, I'm also manifesting. I call this manifestation as a lifestyle and it single-handedly made the entire manifestation journey more enjoyable for me and I've seen my desires show up with a lot more ease. Manifesting as a lifestyle has made manifestation go from feeling like a task to something I just naturally do because it's who I am. If you'd like to learn more about this, I've created a step-by-step guide for you. I'll link it in my show notes so you can check it out. You're listening to the Affirmation Addict Podcast with Pyle Corley. This podcast will teach you about the power of affirmations while making manifestation easy and accessible for you in order to enhance your spiritual consciousness. Thank you so much for being here. And now it's time to get started. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of the Affirmation Addict Podcast. Today's episode, it's not very planned, but it's been something that's been on my mind for a really long time. And it's very much so based off of my own life experiences, my own reflections. For anyone who knows me very personally, I've probably already talked to you about this because I've been like doing research to see if I'm the only one who feels this way, if it's my upbringing or if it's a culture thing or if it's just society in general. I know the podcast episode is titled Why I Believe Our Society is in a Chronic State of Lack, and this is not meant to be a personal attack. I think it's just an evolution of human biology and the human ego and the human mind, so it's not a personal attack on anybody. It's very actually rooted in my own feelings um, as I've been on the manifestation journey, as I've been on my spiritual journey, so take this with love. I hope by the end of the episode, you can kind of understand where I'm coming from, but also see and with love, look at your own life and your own experiences through this lens to see if there is room for even more joy, even more improvement. As always, everything I do is with the intention and everything I create is with the intention for you to create and experience more peace in your own life. Um, None of it is meant to make you feel like a worse person or that you're not somehow doing enough, which is actually the opposite. Um, So much of my work here, I feel, is one, to validate, but two, to help you expand. And sometimes that expansion work can be triggering. So just saying that with love, um, I think If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, I think you probably know that that is never my intention, but you never know. Um, Certain things can be triggering, and this one is very much so calling out my own personal upbringing as an Indian immigrant. My parents are both from India, so I'm going to dive into that heavily, and I'm very curious if you are from India or if you're not from India and you're an immigrant child, or if you're not an immigrant or from India and you just experience this as well. So this is fully based off of my own life experience. So I'm not generalizing, but it is a reflection of what I've experienced. So please, I'm not calling anybody out, not saying anyone is wrong. I just think that we actually are in a chronic state of lack. And I think that strips away our peace more than we realize. I think it strips away um, just the appreciation for all that is. It strips away the contentment and that feeling of satisfaction. And this started coming up because everyone kept telling me 
What makes you feel satisfied? What makes you feel like finally this is it? And I didn't have an answer. And honestly, I still don't. I understand that as humans, our goal is to constantly evolve and want more. I get that. I think that's necessary for our evolution. That's how we became like the dominant race. So I get that. But why does that desire for evolution have to take away peace? Why does that desire for evolution have to be out of lack? Why can it be, why can't it not be out of contentment, but also excitement for more? So I think there's a really subtle difference, right? You can feel like what you have now is not enough, therefore you want more. Or you can feel like what you have right now is awesome, but you're also willing to have more. Those are two very different vibrations that we emit. And I think, including myself, we emit the not enough one. We emit, I don't have enough now, and hopefully what I get will make me finally feel like that's enough. That feeling of enoughness, contentment, and satisfaction, I think those are some of the biggest things that we're searching for in our society, and we actually don't realize it. And I think it's contributing to so much distraught, Um, and this is all rooted in my own distraught. So a little bit of my upbringing. Um, I was born and raised in the States, in Phoenix, Arizona, to be specific. And both of my parents are from India, born and raised in India. My dad moved here when he was, I think, 18. Mom moved here after marriage around 22 or 23. And my parents did a really good job, I think, of accepting that they're raising us in a totally different culture, in a totally different society. But also with both my parents' businesses, we were very in tune with India. We literally went to India two to three times a year. I fully speak, understand, can read, can write Hindi and other Indian languages as well. I understand. Um, I feel like I had a very Indian upbringing living in a different world. And I'm sure so many of you have experienced that as well. And I think as in this is my analysis I don't think it's all inclusive I don't think it's meant to be generalized however this is my analysis with what I've seen in my own life in some of my friends lives who are in similar situations right like Indian immigrants are first generation American born um whereas immigrant kids and immigrant parents our parents struggled when they came here um that was the story for everybody when they came to the states they were struggling they did not have a lot of money They were very probably poor, and the whole thing was kind of building that American dream, making the most, and creating opportunities for the kids. So my parents, their initial first, I think, seven to 10 years in the States was more of a struggle. They didn't have that much money. They eventually started thriving, but that mindset of my parents didn't ever feel at home here. Um, Maybe now they do like 40, 30, 40 years later. But at that point, they didn't feel at home. This was not their home. They were outsiders trying to make this their home, trying to make a living here, trying to feel secure here. And with that, I think came, we can always do better. I don't think that's only because they're immigrants, but I think it was extra amplified because they were immigrants, because they needed to survive. Um, But I've also seen this in India with my own cousins and my own family. Like, it's just we always feel this need that, okay, if it's not an A or if it is an A, why isn't it an A plus? 
It's like, let me just try and squeeze a little bit more out of life. Let me try and squeeze a little bit more. Let me just get the best I can, whether that's getting a good discount, whether that is getting the cheapest flight. A lot of it has to do with money. And this actually has nothing to do with money, but I think this reflects on money very heavily. And especially like my own parents and the Indian relationship with money. I can only speak of Indian so proudly because I'm very well integrated in that world. And I think a lot of people will look at my Instagram or even outside people will look at my life and say, you are not Indian enough. Um, That's something I personally dealt with, right? It was, I'm not Indian enough or I'm not American enough. Like if you ask my American friends, they'll think I'm the most Indian person they know. If you ask my Indian friends, they'll think I'm probably the most um, American person because I don't only hang out with Indian people. So for me personally, so I think that's my parents upbringing. It was always like, okay, you can do better. And it was, there was never any, um, like big celebrations. Like everything was very nonchalant in my family. I think this is a, my family thing, just the four of us. Everything was super nonchalant. Nothing was super celebrated. Birthdays weren't too big of a deal holidays weren't, they were all very casual and nonchalant. So everything felt like not a big deal. Everything felt like, okay, whatever. I didn't really learn how to fully celebrate. I know this sounds kind of depressing as I'm talking about it, but honestly, I had the best childhood. Um, I loved my childhood. I feel like I had a very privileged childhood, loved everything. I literally traveled the world since I was two. Like we went everywhere. So this is just, an interesting way of reflecting on life. It's an interesting way of reflecting on the way my upbringing impacted my self-awareness and my self-concept and all of that. Hi, beautiful friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I wanted to hit pause for 15 seconds and share with you about my spiritual membership I created to help you raise your vibration and manifest with ease. I created a ferment so you can have access to all, and I really mean all of the spiritual tools you need to step into your higher self and watch your dreams manifest with ease. If you're really ready to dive into your spirituality and connect with your highest self, I invite you to join the Affirmant membership. More details are in the show notes if you're interested. And now let's jump back in. Something I personally struggled with. So take into account, right? My parents they were in survival mode when they first came to the States. And if not, still are probably where they never felt like fully at home. They were always trying to survive. They were in another country. They weren't with their families. Like all of my parents, both my parents' families are in India. Um, so that was one factor. Second factor, they're trying to make the most for us, right? So we are trying to kind of prove to our parents. We're trying to tell our parents, hey, you did a great job. Like we can take it from here. And for me, a huge thing of that not enoughness stemmed from what I just mentioned, where I was never Indian enough when I went to India and I was never American enough when I went, when I was here. And so that identity crisis of I don't ever fit in enough. I'm not fully accepted or there's always something that my American friends would say, okay, like maybe your hair should be lighter. I get highlights. It's not why I got highlights. I actually got highlights because I saw, I remember there was this like one hair salon we always went to. um, And there was this like really cute girl, um, a poster of her and she had the coolest highlights. And I stared at that picture since I was, seven and my mom never let me got highlights. So I got highlights with my own money when I turned 18. That was like my gift to myself. And so it was just really interesting how certain influences and certain impacts 
make us who we are today. Anyways, I kind of got on a tangent, but that never being able to fit in and never feeling like I was enough. If I was in India, I would get made fun of for when I spoke English to my mom. If I was here, I would be like, why? I would get questioned, why do you have so many Indian family parties and Indian weddings to go to? So it was always this battle of neither here nor there. And for me personally, plus my own family's dynamics of like everything was kind of chill and nonchalant. My parents were very low key, very relaxed. My parents were not very strict compared to many other Indian parents, but I still understand the strictness. Um, I feel like nothing ever felt like it was enough. And that was something I didn't realize actually impacted me until very recently in life, until I started spending more time with my parents and seeing how their brains worked seeing where they came from and how they showed up in their own life. It's kind of like when you're an adult, you realize your parents are also just figuring things out. So for me, I think many of us start to realize this with our own parents where it's no matter where they're from, maybe they're not immigrants, maybe they're not first generation American immigrants, or they're not from India, but maybe we see this pattern of there's always more. I don't know many people in my life personally who, no matter how successful they are, no matter how far along they are in life, maybe they have the home, they have the kids, they have the travel, maybe they have everything they want, but there's still a lack of peace. There's still a lack of contentment. And I think that's honestly so unfair for humans in general. So kind of zooming out a bit, kind of taking my own story out of this, I believe my own story gave me personally so much clarity and I'm sharing that in case you have a similar story to mine or certain elements are similar and crossover. So that's why I wanted to share my story because I feel like that helped me understand kind of the root of my lack of enoughness and the kind of just lack in general. I feel like my own reflections help me understand why it is the way it is, but that doesn't undermine the fact that we all might feel the state of lack for various reasons. And I think some signs and kind of symbols that you might be experiencing this kind of chronic state of lack I'm talking about is maybe you manifest something and it feels kind of nonchalant. Maybe you don't celebrate certain milestones because it's either going to get taken away from you. You don't want to make other people feel bad and you're scared of taking up space. Those are some of the things I've realized. Um, another one is like kind of an underlying need to prove yourself an underlying need, no matter how successful you are, we're still craving some sort of validation, some sort of approval, some sort of certificate, like stamp of approval that we might be seeking. Those are a few signs that you might be living in your own state of internal lack without actually realizing it. So for me, all of those were true at some point and maybe still even are. I know one big thing for me is, um, especially when I was running my business, was until I hit a certain um, certain income every single month, my business wasn't good enough. And until I kept assigning that meaning to that income, I never hit that income goal. But the moment I stopped assigning that meaning and started saying my business is enough as is, I flew past that income goal. So it's really funny how this 
state of lack and not enoughness is actually probably the one thing holding us back from what we're trying to manifest because when we can't accept, embrace, enjoy, appreciate where we are now, it's really hard to move forward. It's very hard to progress because your vibration is in such a kind of missing piece state of being. It's never feeling whole. It's never feeling like it's enough. So how can we continue to attract things that make us feel even better when we don't feel good now. That's kind of simple, very simple terms of law of vibration and law of attraction. But if you feel like you're in this constant state of lack or nothing is enough and you might manifest something and you feel like, okay, next, um, I really think that this is what I've experienced and seen. I've experienced it myself. I've manifested everything, but still felt like I wasn't whole. Um, I've seen my friends got get their dream jobs, become CEOs of companies, make millions of dollars and have these mansions of homes, all the things that we think are going to make us feel successful or happy or enough, and they're still unhappy. And so my question is, I think we're in a constant state of lack, that nothing is ever enough, and it's this endless cycle. I know there's books on this. I know there's psychology on this. I actually don't know like what the psychology says. And I don't know why it exists that way. However, from a manifestation perspective, how do we break that cycle? How do we start to transform this constant lack into contentment? And I think the first step is just acknowledging and being appreciative of how good we actually have it. We're in a society where I can talk to you from wherever we are in the world We have internet that is super fast. We have the world of knowledge at our fingertips. We have cars. We have electric cars. We have so many different things in our world where we still can't just sit and appreciate. Um, And I think there's three components to gratitude, which is like acknowledging, saying thank you for it, but also appreciating it. And one thing that helps me truly appreciate is pondering and thinking about what would life be without this? What could go wrong and how is it amazing that it isn't going wrong? Like to me, one thing that blows my mind is with how many people are driving on the road and driving on cars that there aren't more accidents. People are distracted. We're on our phones. We're listening to people. We're thinking about our to-do list. And still for how many people drive on roads, there's not that many accidents that there could be, you know, and it's some people might say there's too many accidents and that accidents have increased. But on the flip side, there probably could be more. And giving yourself the space and time to reflect on, okay, if this didn't exist, how could it be different? What would that be like? And that gives you the space and the ability to actually appreciate what is now. It's like appreciating, okay, you're listening to this podcast and it's like, what if this wasn't here? Maybe you wouldn't have certain knowledge that you've received from certain podcasts. Maybe a certain podcast episode from someone really lit a fire under you and was the reason you changed your life's trajectory. So it's like, what would it have been like without this can make us appreciate all that we do have? And I think that's one of the first ways you can start to appreciate all the good that there actually is. I think a lot of people keep telling a story, our world is falling apart, our world is going to shit, excuse my language. But like, that's what I hear so much from people. And like, I'm scared to bring kids into this world. It's such a scary place. It is. But it's also such a great place. Like there are good things in this world. And there are good things in our current realities. Like the fact that 
We have sunlight with the fact that we can wake up and we all have running water. We all have electricity. We're not worried about that stuff anymore. We used to, our ancestors used to not have electricity. Our ancestors used to have to make a fire to cook their food. We don't have to do that. We click a button or maybe a few buttons to turn on a stove or to turn on the gas. And I think we have so much to appreciate and so much opportunity for contentment and gratitude, but we take it for granted. And I think that's what puts us in this constant state of lack. And we don't know how to celebrate the things that we actually have. And that's one thing personally that I was never taught. I was never taught how to celebrate. I literally grew up thinking birthdays were a waste of time. I grew up thinking, like I think my parents and my mom, um, they celebrated like my birthdays really sweetly, really big until we were like 12. And then after that, it was family dinners and very casual. We never really bought each other gifts. It was just an opportunity to celebrate but it wasn't actually a celebration. And to no one's like, this isn't at fault to anybody, nor am I blaming, but it gives me clarity to, okay, that didn't serve me too well. So how can I make that something more meaningful and special moving forward? And what can I do in that sense? So something Tom and I do is like, we'll make sure and go get our favorite things on each other's birthdays. Our birthdays are four days apart. So we also always celebrate our birthdays together and use it as an opportunity to bring everyone we love together and host them as a thank you for being in our life. Like creating meaningful traditions and creating meaningful ways to celebrate, I think used to be something I thought that was super phony and just everybody does it. And I still feel that way about things that aren't meaningful to me, but for things that are meaningful, like taking the extra inconvenience to go celebrate it, not for anybody else, but for the pure act of celebrating, I think is such a powerful um, and life-changing, simple way to break this cycle and to truly sit and appreciate because you're allowed to feel satisfied while also wanting more. You don't have to want more only from a state of lack. You don't have to want more only because what you have is not enough. You're allowed to want more and feel content. You're allowed to want more and feel satisfied. You're allowed to want more while you still feel grateful. And I think that polarity is what we need more of and what we need to embrace and create more of in our life. I think that's what's really going to help us all, including myself, break this cycle. So if you made it to this far of the episode, thank you for listening. I feel like this is something I'm still articulating, something I'm still figuring out how I feel about this, but I've talked to a lot of people in my own life about the guilt and the lack of enoughness. And it seems to be something that a lot of us experience. So hopefully this episode could just give you a little bit of validation, a little bit of feeling seen, or maybe it gives you some clarity on how to actually break that cycle for yourself. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I love you and I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, it would mean the world to me if you can rate and review the podcast and share it on your social media so I know to keep creating episodes that are inspiring you to manifest. I'm so genuinely grateful for the time we shared today, and I'd love for you to join the community by following at Affirmation Addict on Instagram. To continue diving into spirituality and manifestation, head over to my website, affirmation-addict.com. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and so much healing energy. 